Man. Oh, boy. Man. I just want it to be over. <laughs> yes. La, 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 Don't la, it feel like the games just last forever? Don't it feel like the season is lasting forever? Just in the pain <laughs> already. Gastonia, Charlotte, surrounding. Why well, I say Gastonia first? Because that's what we deserve. <laughs> Gastonia, Belmont, uh, Shelby, Hickory. All y'all come yeah, first. Before yeah, Charlotte, surrounding areas. Welcome to another episode of Under Construction. Today, Kaiser Soul say, angry black fan, Jamal Darby. Our brother, I'm not even going to wait till the shout out. Thank you. I- See, I, you stole my thunder. Yeah, I, I swear to God. I, go ahead, go ahead. We are going to start this show on a positive note because God right. knows this football team does not get, does not give us any positivity. Shout out to our brother Rodney. Clap it up. He has earned his master's degree today. <laughs> yes. We are we are clapping it up for our brother Rodney today, man. Congratulations again, bro. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, incredible. I mean, so we're smart here on construction. <laughs> we're smart. We're smart. We're uh, smart. <laughs> who's not smart? Oh boy, Matt Rule. Carolina Panthers offensive line. I'm not supposed to say that yet. I'm sorry. Uh, today, the Carolina Panthers lost to the Carolina Panthers' <laughs> evil twin, <laughs> right. the Buffalo Bills, by a score of 31 uh, 14 in a game where the Carolina Panthers did not have a kicker. Colonel, hey, look, I will never, ever shame kickers again. No, never. never, never. No, they're kind of important. Yeah, kind. Of, and, and there are a, a lot important. of people in the the uh, the Carolina Panthers um, group were blaming Matt Rule. How do you not have a backup kick? Guys, teams don't carry backup kickers. Teams don't carry because two yeah. The last time we carried two kickers, we got flamed. And when I yeah. say we, I mean the Panthers. Panthers did. Uh, and th- the reason they carried two kickers in was a great reason actually, because the kickoff rule was was different. The kickoff right. line. This was before they had moved it up. So we actually had a soccer player <laughs> as our kickoff specialist, and he used to boot that thing into the stands. But, uh, but, but we have a soccer team. team we can't yeah. just go get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Teams don't carry backup kickers. Normally, if your kicker goes down, then you bring up someone from the practice squad a few days in advance. Yeah. The, very rarely does a kicker get injured. <laughs> uh, Shout out to Reese Lloyd. Yeah. Five, Reese Lloyd, yeah. Uh, very rarely does the kick up get the kicker get injured five minutes before the game starts in warm-ups. Um, but because of that, that pretty severely altered the Carolina Panthers game plan. So I'm not going to completely shit on college shit this week. Because <laughs> you kind of had to do some college shit this week. Yeah, you, you really didn't have to. a choice. You had you to go choice. for it. If you you know if you were in the Bills territory, you had to go for it on fourth down. You had to go for two every time. Now, now I want to make one thing very clear before we get into the meat of this discussion. Before, because we will, we're going to get into the meat of the football game. I want to make something very clear. Yes, not having a kicker hurt because it put your situational football is all thrown off. Right. If you don't have a kicker. Right. However. However. The Carolina Panthers are still offensively dysfunctional. They're still trash. They're still dysfunctional. I said something in our group chat earlier. Cam Newton came back just to fall on his sword for this shitty team because he's going to get a lot of the blame. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that's not fair to Cam. I actually thought he played eh, all right today considering the circumstances. So me and brother Vince taped the show last week, man. And, um, you know, I was telling him that and I'm not through any fault of our own or the media or whatever. 
But I'm getting to the point where I'm getting tired and very annoyed every time I talk about Cam Newton. And, and again, through no thought of anybody's really. But what I mean by that is nobody's going to look at Cam Newton with any objectivity at this point. Oh, no. Because I, I, I hate to beat this dead yeah. horse and I hate to sound like this broken record every damn week, man. But I'm just going to keep it at this. Anything Cam Newton does this season is taken with a grain of salt. It's obvious. I mean, you look at that offensive line today, and I don't know who would have succeeded in, yeah. in, in with that today. I'll just keep it at that, man. Uh, For now. There was a guy <laughs> in Cam's face. Every other play. Every play. Every other play. Every play. I, I don't – and you know, I'm not, We're not making this up. Right. Man. No, I mean, that's not a, a hyperbole. There were – I think I saw I, three plays in which Cam had time to throw, and he couldn't find the guy right. if anyone was open. We haven't seen the all 22, obviously, but I, I think in those cases, Kim was like, holy crap, I actually have time to throw. I'm going to find whoever is furthest downfield. And he's looking, he's looking, and he doesn't, you know, take the short throw. I yeah. think, I think and those are covered sacks where he held the ball too long in those cases, because I mean, how often do you get that kind of time to throw? Let me ask you this question too, man. Cause I, this is another observation I have. <clears throat> also, when he actually got a pass off, when he actually had time to throw the ball, was there ever, I mean, I'm not going to say was there ever, but how many times did you notice that he had to throw through tight windows? There were, there were not that many plays where you saw a receiver who was literally just kind of wide open. You know what I mean? Yeah. Am I, am I off? No, Cam Newton has all, that's, that's always been a problem with the Carolina Panthers. And actually a lot of people used to attribute that to Cam Newton. Um, they would they would say he doesn't have the ability to throw receivers open, which I, I'm not even. Hey, I'm not a quarterbacks coach, right. but I, I think that's one of those things that people just say, mm-hmm. like, "Oh, he got to throw his receivers open." Um, I think there are cases where you can do that, but but the fact of the matter is that the Carolina Panthers, in most of the the seasons Cam was here, was bottom in the league of average separation of wide receivers. Right. Uh, Which is it, a fact. it was less than a, less than a yard. And, and let me, I want to be clear about something. This is what I'm saying as far as throwing through these tight windows. That is what I've noticed to be a Carolina Panthers passing problem, not a Cam Newton problem. Yes, I've seen it with Sam Darnold. I've seen it with anybody uh, who played yeah. quarterback for this team this year. Absolutely, yeah. I feel like the windows have have just been tight most of the time. Yeah, uh, I, I want to be clear about that. And here's what's crazy. Notice uh, well, the teams we play against. I mean, Carolina Panthers have the number two passing defense in the league. How many tight windows does Josh Allen had to throw to today? It, not, not very. I mean, <laughs> news is open. I mean, there there were some times where he would make good throws At, against single coverage where the guy would be covered, like right. the, the touchdown to Diggs. Uh, to Diggs. Yeah, you know, he, excellent, excellent play, great play. Excellent I mean, throw. Stephon Gilmore, you you can't cover that any better, right? Uh, than than he did. But uh, the Panthers don't even we don't even have that. You know, I'm going to tell you something very ironic about today's game. <clears throat> Josh Allen went 19 for 34, 210, three touchdowns. Cam Newton went 17 for 36. 156. Oh, 156. Okay. 156. <laughs> I'm looking at Josh Allen's stats, and I'm looking at the performance today. Did he light it up? No. No. <laughs> Did he light it? <laughs> I didn't think. I, you know, so we're, we're at the point of the season where we can start looking forward. Right. The defense is going to be fine. I think 
when it's time to run it back next season and you look at you, who you we have on this defense, back, you bring most of those guys yeah. back. I think Stephon Gilmore will probably come back. He wants to run it back from the beginning. And not to mention his wife said she's not leaving. Yeah, college, so. I, th- I think they want to be here. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get JC back. Yep. You're going to have CJ Henderson Very back. Very excited about that. Yeah, AJ yeah. Bouye, maybe, maybe not. Um, we highly doubt Dante Jackson coming I don't. Back. I don't even care about Don. I, in fact, <laughs> he didn't play today, and yeah, no, he's I felt he's, he's yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I felt like the secondary okay. was just fine. We're okay, yeah. Um, now, you know, Rashawn Melvin left something to be desired. He got he got burnt for two critical plays, but yeah, you know, if you're looking forward to next year, he's probably not going to be a part of the equation anymore. I'm okay so. with the defense. I'm not a fan of Phil Snow. I still feel like he's holding back some. Let me. I'm glad you brought that up. I want to talk about one particular play with Phil Snow that made me want to dive out my window today. <laughs> there was a third and long. Phil Snow brings a safety blitz. The safety does not come up to the line. The safety blitzes all the way from his safety position. Now, listen, I'm not a quarterback. But if I'm on my couch, Kaiser, and I see that coming a mile away, what do you think Josh Allen saw? Oh, yeah, I know he saw I- <laughs> I say the same. I will talk about this when we get to the Hornets. But if I can see it. If I can see it. I know. <laughs> they And I understand, you know, uh, another thing with football, sometimes the players on the field don't see what we see because, you know, we see a wide uh, HD camera angle. Yeah. You know, they have helmets on. I understand that. But quarterbacks will typically see something like this. They'll see a blitz that it doesn't come from the box. I, right. th- you know, that's college shit. That right. works in college sometimes. <laughs> it doesn't work in the NFL. It work in the NFL it, 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 I've <laughs> never, I've, I can't remember the last time I saw a safety blitz in which the blitzer came all the way from the second level. You might get like, uh, and, and guess where Josh Allen threw the ball? Oh, of course. He right brought, yeah, he's like, he's like oh, that's because, well, you know, in the NFL, the quarterbacks are trained. Look for the hot read. Right. Okay, you see the blitzer there? Guess, guess where the gap guess where is. The, guess where the ball's going. But, yeah. yeah, so um, I, I still feel like Phil Snow is holding a good collection of talent back with some questionable play calling. Having said that, I think he called a pretty good game overall today. I thought yeah. that the defense played well. I did. The problem was that the offense – had its no offensive continuity. well and you know when you're when you can't kick field goals I mean it makes it tough man I mean it does it, it can't be understated I mean look man like like I said at the beginning of the show we're not trying to make the lack of a kicker the excuse but it matters I it mean most it would, certainly matters it would have been a one point game at the half right if we had a kicker if we had a kicker so especially when you choose to run QB sneaks every damn fourth down like it's not predictable. Except, except for the one time <laughs> when you need it, you throw a smoke route that gets almost picked off. What now, now? Hey, hey, hey! Now, Joe Brady's gone, so we can't pile we can't, on. Can't him. blame him anymore. Can't blame him. But you know, when you have your interim, uh, your assistant offensive coordinator, and you know, hey, I'm all for black coaches getting a chance in the league, right? But maybe he ain't it either. Uh, and, and look, <laughs> I, I thought about this. Look, man, I, I thought about the fact that, dude, I really want to be over overly critical of a dude that was what the running backs coach. Yeah, now he's, two weeks thr- ago, he's thrust into the position. And now you're thrust yeah, off. Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm like, I don't know if I really want to be overly critical of the guy. But as for today, I actually thought his game call, his play calling today, C plus, B minus. Yeah, I, I just 
it, it's tough when you don't have a kicker. It's tough when you don't have a kicker. You're, you're, you don't expect to go for it on fourth down every time and go for two every time, although analytics would say that you probably should. should. Um, yeah, but, yeah. but it's different right. when, you, when your game plan is centered around that. Right. If you have a coach that says, okay, you know what? We're just not going to kick it all because analytics says we shouldn't. And then, okay, now you tell their game plan around that. But we're talking 10 minutes before the game, you don't have a kicker. Yep. And now suddenly you're like, crap, now we got to go for it. Before down, these dudes was hold, holding open tryouts right before the game because poor PJ like, Walker, poor PJ bro, Walker. don't kick. <laughs> Shout out to Brandon Zilstra because that hey, dude does everything, hey, man. That was actually a pretty good kickoff. Exactly, we uh, they yeah. almost uh, fumbled the kickoff, but uh, hey, you know on on the low, Brandon Zilstra might be the most solid. Man, I really like he. I like <laughs> I've liked him all season. He was good when. I thought Donald should have went to him a little bit more. Same. Um, I, I like Brandon Zilstra. Uh, I think he, he might make a, a decent leap next season, uh, depending on who we run it back with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so let's talk about Cam some more. Always lightning rod topic. Always the hot button to push, man. What? How do you grade Cam Newton today? And here's why I asked that. Here's why I asked <clears throat> Coming into the day, we knew the Bills' defense was stingy. We know our offensive line is bad. We know our offense has been dysfunctional the entire time. We know Cam Newton doesn't show the most accuracy all the time. With all that being said, how do you grade the guy, man? How do you even go into the – how can you come out and say, you know what, it was that guy's fault today? (laughs) Yeah, it is hard to objectively do that because in in context – I thought this during the game. There is no quarterback in the league that can come into a team in the middle of a losing team. Right. With the worst offensive line of football. Fresh, in the, fresh off the couch. Fresh off the couch. Been sitting on the couch for two months in the middle of the season and produce. It's, it, it's not going to happen. Impossible. You've never you've never seen it in I, the I league. I can't recall you've one You've never time. Not one seen time. it. Normally, it happens at the very beginning of the season. Right. Uh, or... Maybe sometimes a backup will come in near the end of the season, but that's someone who has been with the team. Who knows the playbook. knows the playbook. Right. We're talking about a guy comes in, and then the offense coordinator's gone. But three, uh, four games later. And so now. Come on, man. I, this, it, it's hard to say, well, Cam Newton is. Cam Newton, Cam Newton may not have played well, but he's not the reason we lost. I mean, I don't. Let, let me ask you a question. For these, what? We got three games left? Is that it? Three games left? Yeah, uh, yeah. New Orleans or, or yeah. Tampa, New Orleans, Tampa. Do you want to see Cam Newton starting in these last three games? Part of me says, why not? Mm-hmm. Part of me says, you know what? Cam Newton is sacrificing himself for no good reason. I'm leaning towards no for a couple of reasons. <clears throat> I'm, I'm leaning towards no, number one, because I don't want him to get killed behind his Sorry, often I'm trying not to cuss. Can't you tell? I'm, I'm trying I, not to. Hey, Panthers, <laughs> Panthers are making me want to cuss. I'm trying so hard not to cuss. I don't want to see Cam Newton get killed behind this offensive line. Somebody that I saw in the Panthers actually made a good point. They said, you know, we've seen what we got. We got out of Sam Darnold. Very small sample size, obviously, but we've seen what we can get out of Cam. At this point, why not? evaluate P.J. Walker. Because P.J. Walker has thrown one touchdown and nine interceptions. <laughs> but, you in know last... <laughs> but you know someone's counter-argument to that. We haven't won a game since Cam Newton's we, been started on it. I mean, 
the one game we the, the the last game that we won in which PJ Walker started right. against the Cardinals. Did we win because of PJ Walker, or not, did we win because not, of Cam Newton? Not exactly. So, <laughs> I, I, here's the thing: I like PJ Walker. I, I preseason MVP. Preseason MVP every time. I, yo, I'm every like, time. man, that he could be every something. Time. And then I think his problem is that he's like, all right, finally, here's my chance. I'm gonna go show out. And then he makes the worst decisions ever because he's he's pressing. Right. Right. And he's he's a guy that actually has arm talent. But depends on it too much. Much, yes. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't, he's not the physical specimen someone like Cam is. Right, right. And let's be honest, the XFL is not the not NFL. NFL. And not the NFL. You know what? You bring up a good point that I really didn't think about. Do we really want PJ Walker behind that offensive line? Because if Cam Newton is taking a beating like this, could you imagine the kind of beating PJ Walker would take behind? Um, him? but I, who would you rather take? <laughs> take <laughs> a beating. I same, mean, but... yeah. I mean, uh... <laughs> it's like who are you vesting in the future? Like, <laughs> which one? But you know, I mean, let's say maybe people... Sam Darnold comes back next week. I'd start Cam only because of this. I don't know quarterbacks don't face each other one to one, but Cam Newton's never lost against Tom Brady. And Cam Newton has never lost against Bruce Arians either. Very true. So, why not? I mean, at this point, I mean, why, just, not? why not? I mean, we, I, we don't have anything to lose. Yeah, we, just, we really I mean. And, and look, another point, why not? You, you, look, if you go into next season and you don't have a, a secondary plan, if you don't get the quarterback you, you, you want or whatever, why not get Cam Newton reps? Because he needs them. I exactly. think we agree yeah. on that, right? He he needs to be he needs the reps. You know, here's here's the thing though. I I don't know if the Panthers Yeah, Anthony says let Sam take that beating. I kind of agree with that. <laughs> you know what? You're right. He back from IR. That's so messed up. Show ass back out there. <laughs> go. Go. Uh, but look, man, it brings up an interesting question, man. Sam was the starting guy to begin the season. Matt, we don't look. Maybe Matt Ruth says, "You know what? He 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 was our guy to start. He's going to be our guy to end." We don't know what what's going to transpire, but we'll see, right? Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Do you run it back with Cam next season? I think. Look, I'm I'm going to say this: Dude, the Carolina Panthers need to do whatever is best for the franchise. Here's what I would like to see. This is if I'm Jamal Fitterer. Here's what I like to see from the Panthers: Go forward to a contingency plan. You know, if the quarterback that you want is there, take him. Take him. Go ahead, take him. Mm-hmm. If not, we get to see Cam Newton with the full training camp, with right. whoever the offensive coordinator is going to be, with some continuity. And at that point, if I, you don't like what you have, move forward. I think Tepper knows that too. Right. Because right. Uh, here's the thing. The Panthers will probably pick fairly low. And there's not a lot of good. There's nobody I feel comfortable taking so, a low first rounder. So this with. Kenny Pickett kid, nah, no, 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 the nah, hot nah, nah. guy, right? Nah, now. don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> you pick an old lineman. You say, okay, who's available? Who's the biggest, most corn-fed dude uh, in the draft? But in your pick, but you know what though? We know history tells us that the Panthers will pick who they think the best talent available is, which. Uh, it's Which how theoretically, yeah, that's you should how you do. should draft. You should always you should do best player available and never draft for need unless the two align. 
uh, because sometimes it can be a reach. Well, but, look, look at us talk about next season. We got three. I mean, you might as well. I mean, the Panthers. Here's the, the weird thing: the Panthers could still somehow get in the playoffs. Being in the playoffs, which I think would actually be the worst thing. Yeah. Now, I I, if we if we had won, if we had beaten Atlanta last week or won one of the other games yeah. we were supposed to, we could still then then I this. could say okay, maybe they just sneak into the playoffs. But now, no, I think I think uh, now was a good time to evaluate. You sit your skill position, guys. I think we've come to that conclusion. The yeah. last three games are the evaluation games. Exactly. Yeah, you see, I agree. you see what you got left. Um, you continue to work him into in practice, timing with his receivers, which is important. You man. start looking. They've already. We know they're looking for offensive. Now, granted, they can't reach out to any offensive coordinators that are right. Are, you know, that are still with teams now because of tampering. What's Rod Chazinski doing? I thought I think about that every day. I mean, I'm, I'm halfway joking when I ask. No, that. I'm not even joking. Yeah, <laughs> Cam Newton had statistically, I mean, a, a, of his three best seasons, two of them are under Rob Chazinski. Right. That's right. that's not an aberration. That's not. I, I, I mean, he was doing things. How many teams were running two tight end sets? And we were killing Cam. Killing. We I mean, yeah, Cam, Cam Newton had his his first two seasons two tight end Jeremy had Jeremy Shockey and Greg Olson. I, I think about that sometimes. Like Jeremy Jeremy Shockey and Greg Olson. I mean you talking about to, two of the best bro. Yeah I mean. to throw to and then it was like you know hey he had to take the job in Cleveland. I get it. Cleveland being Cleveland let him go. Right. And then we stuck with uh Mike Shula. Yeah. Uh and now we're stuck with college shit. College shit. <laughs> oh boy, I don't, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. You know, I want to talk about the Hornets. We're doing this out of obligation <laughs> to the to the Panthers in the, the, Panthers city, in, in the city of Charlotte. Because we, I know if 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 you say anything otherwise, you're a liar. Y'all were as disinterested in the game as I was. I watched it because I because I had to watch it in order to do under construction. But I just wanted. The game to end. There were moments where I thought, okay, all right. And then something like, oh, first of all, okay. Every time they sucked you in, you just, in the back of your mind, you like. I will say this. I, I don't get on NFL refs too much because they're, I think they're, they're incompetent. NBA refs I get on all the time because I think they're corrupt. But NFL refs just don't, they, they just, just don't, don't know. They just don't know. They're just bad. Right. They're just, they're just bad. Yeah. But. That flag. That unsportsmanlike conduct. That killed any momentum we was that, have. That. That. And they tried to make up for it, but it was too late then. Yeah. Because yeah. that that flag led to uh, a Buffalo touchdown. And, and I think you would agree with me on this. Like, we're, we're, we're not blaming the outcome of the game solely on that call, but it damn sure changed momentum. Yeah. I mean, that, that was important for us in that spot to get them yep. off the field. A fourth down in our own right. territory. We get them off the field. We get the ball back with possibly good position, only down a score. Right. We have a chance. Right. They come down to get points. That's it. That's ball. That's game. it, and that's exactly what happened. Did not like, and I think the refs might have uh, realized they made a bad call, but I don't. I just don't think they wanted to rescind the. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what. Even Jonathan Vilma in all his New Orleans Saints yes. glory was like, um, I don't know. Yeah, about that one. <laughs> yeah. Where I because I didn't see it at right. first. I thought they, they called it for uh, you know. Um, unnecessary roughness. Which, everyone was looking for. Like, yeah, where, but, where, where, where did it happen? Yeah, and, but he hit him before he went out of bounds. I don't know, man. I just, it, it, you know, the thing is, though, good teams have things bounce their way. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, you create your own luck. Bad teams tend to just have bad luck, too. Exactly. (laughs) And the Panthers are a bad team, and we have bad luck. All right, offensive MVP. Oh, Jesus. Where do you go with this? Uh, Robbie Anderson, maybe? You know what? I'm going to say Cam Newton. I'm going to tell you why. Under the circumstances. I want to big, bold letters, everybody. Big, bold letters. Under the circumstances. We're not in that game without Cam Newton. That's true. I uh, mean, we we get killed even yeah. more without one understated thing that we didn't bring up: fifteen carries, seventy-one yards. Ah, that's right. No, 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 no. Rushing stats don't count for quarterbacks. <laughs> they just don't count. <laughs> we, we're supposed to forget about. Yeah, they they, they, exist, they exist, but they don't count. But they don't count, right? You know, <laughs> right. even though Cam Newton has extended his record of most games with at least a passing and a rushing touchdown. Which is a ridiculous record. Right. He he's like so far ahead of Steve Young, who who was really good at that. I mean, I don't know if it'll be broken. Best. I just don't know if that record be broken. But it doesn't count. Yeah, apparently. but I'm. I mean, the thing is, man, like the passing game obviously wasn't pretty today. But it, I just thought it was a gutsy performance, man. So I'm gonna give it to Cam, man. I'm gonna give it to uh, Sir Per. Uh, defensive MVP. <laughs> he wasn't there today. He can still have it. Um, defensive MVP. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brandon Zilstra. Good call, Chris. Good call, Brandon, Chris. Brandon Zilstra. I think he was solid today. Man. Very solid. Like I said, I like I like him and Trimble. I thought those were good picks, yeah, and they yeah. get underutilized in our offense, I, I, I really think. But, uh, yeah, Brandon Zilstra had a good kickoff, uh, had some good catches. Uh, defensive MVP. I'm going Jeremy Chin. Jeremy Chin. You know yeah. what I loved about Chin? Brandon, uh, Brian Vilma. Uh, uh, Jonathan you know, Vilma. Jonathan Vilma. I don't yeah. know why I said that. Uh, Jonathan Vilma was just talking trash about how how Chin couldn't cover what's his face. Right. Hey, that was a nightmare matchup. In right. the very next play, hey, give me the ball. Snag. <laughs> That's right. what I'm talking about. Good job, Jeremy Chin. I thought the defense as a whole played pretty well today. Linebacker were kind of. Where, where was Shaq Thompson? <laughs> I saw him fly out of bounds and I, not hit nobody one time. I'm, I'm going to say this bro. one thing about Shaq Thompson. <clears throat> Shaq Thompson, for all of his – look, he, he'll hit you. His effort is there. But when it comes to pass coverage, he leaves a lot to be desired. You know what? There was man. a point, though, in the in the middle of the season, right before he got injured and right after he came, came back, where it looked like it had all come together for Shaq Thompson. He's reverted back to the mean. I think, uh, you know, well, this – end of the season P- players who get injured in this you know earlier in the season the season grinds along yeah. i think there's just some residual oh i got a hot take you know we normally don't do hot takes but i got a hot take i want to see frankie louvu over jermaine carter at this point because oh yeah not? definitely yeah because why not yeah because why not right definitely so that is that enough depression for us today when it comes to special teams player of the, of the day? Who? <laughs> Brandon Zilster. <laughs> Brandon Zilster, good job. Oh, oh, by the way, uh Kevin Avery bought up something hilarious today. We had our starting middle linebacker playing uh gunner on special teams today. So what's that? Call a shit. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on to <laughs> the other <laughs> to to my favorite team in Charlotte. Uh the Charlotte Hornets had a very interesting Interesting week. Every week with the Hornets is super. It's always interesting, interesting. with the Hornets. It's cr- it's just crazy to me because some some weeks they'll look like the best team in the league, and then some team there are some weeks it's like, yo, what are y'all doing? What are y'all out doing? There? Like, what are y'all doing? Um, 
this past week, they played uh, the Dallas Mavericks, uh, the San Antonio Spurs, and uh, then last night, um, or the night before last, they played the Blazers. Um, they lost to the Mavs in kind of an embarrassing loss. They had a good win against the Spurs, like a really good win against the Spurs. Yep. Gordon Hayward had a million points. And then they had a very interesting game against it was, the I, I hesitate to call it embarrassing. It was almost embarrassing. But um, you remember the, the Indiana game you and I went to earlier this season? Yes, yes. And the yes. Hornets were were blowing the Pacers out. Yep. I mean, it was just, it was Lob City. Yep. The place was rocking. <laughs> right. And then Rick Carlisle's like, you know what? Sick. He set every starter. Every he, starter. He down. set Sabonis. He set the savior. Miles Turner set him because Mason Plumlee was dunking on him. Just set everyone. And the Pacers turned a 32 point deficit into a lead at one point. They had actually they taken the lead, lead at one point. late in the game. The Hornets came back and, and, and won, but it was interesting. And we said last or the night before last, JV's going to pull Rick Carlisle. And he did. And he did. He sat. Uh, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, and LaMelo Ball yeah. because they didn't want to play defense correctly. We usually don't start with the last game when we talk about the Hornets, but I feel like it's important to start with that. It, it is important to start with that game. I, you know what? I have a weird take for you when it comes to this game. Here's my weird take. I, I you know, I'm not as mad as you think I would be at the game. You know why? Because it lets me know something. The game against the Blazers lets me know that the Charlotte Hornets are on the cusp of becoming a good team. Let me tell you why why, why I feel that way. <clears throat> First half in that Blazers game was, I mean, it was like a damn video game. I mean, like it was, <laughs> it was like, what the hell is I have never seen anything like that in my at, life. At one point, as, I made a comment in the, the game thread that Rozier and Ball were playing NBA Live 95 defense. <laughs> Have y'all played? Y'all remember NBA Live 95? How you guys just kind of slid yeah, out, the way, out the and way and you just get dunked on? That's how they were playing defense. The lack of competitive competitiveness from the starting five in that first half was disgusting. James Bregel even, even kind of discussed it at the end of the game, man. We didn't even compete in the first half. They go completely apeshit from three, score 81 points in the let me repeat that they scored 81 points in the first half and had 15 threes in the first half okay so all right like you mentioned Borrego pulls the car line says you know what y'all get out I'm gonna I'm I'm roll because right. <laughs> I've seen enough yeah, <laughs> I've seen enough he rolls with ish he rolls with Kelly, he rolls with PJ, who, by the way, I don't think we're giving PJ Washington no, credit because no. that, that dude has been steady all yeah. year. Seriously, I just want to get that. By the way, at the point where JB pulled the starters, LaMelo Ball had 15 points. Yeah. He was. I have to give LaMelo Ball some props because. When he came back. When he came back yeah. in, he was on fire. I mean, yeah. he, he played great when he came back in, which is interesting being that people think Borrego hates the guy. He just sits him down because he hates him and he's holding him back. And all this other stuff. But we got to be pretty encouraged at how LaMelo took the coaching. Hey, yes. I didn't play well. Yes. And came back on the court and responded. We got to be pretty encouraged about that, man. Yeah. I, I, you know, during the game thread, people were, people thought that people like me were picking on LaMelo Ball. I, I wasn't singling him out. Actually, I was picking on him and Terry. Right. Terry was awful. When we talked about this before the broadcast, the problem with the Hornets defense is that they have to play what's called help defense. Mm-hmm where you have uh, a weak side off ball defender 
has to cheat almost like a zone, but it's not a zone. A lot of people think, well, the Hornets play zone. They do play zone, but a lot of times when they leave shooters open, they're not playing zone. They're actually playing man, playing man. and they have yeah. a help side defender. Who is supposed to come over, and he kind of cheats to keep the ball handler from driving into the lane. Right. The ball handler drives to the lane, he attacks him in the lane, but he keeps the shooter close enough to where he can get back and defend. The problem that LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier were having was that they were overhelping. Right. Jerry Valancourt actually talked about this last season. You have to be disciplined when you're playing help defense or else the other team shoots 15 threes. Because when you overhelp now, not only is your guy open, but there's actually another shooter. Yeah. So so you have the guy in the corner and then you have a guy on the wing and the ball handler has he's then he has options and right. that what was happening when Melo Ball was over helping he was leaving his guy open he in was, the corner he was gambling trying to play the pass trying lanes. to play which yeah. he does very well but we it's, were getting that's why it's a gamble we were getting eaten up and I know getting a center would help because then you don't have to play help defense as much even though teams in the NBA still do right because why right. why not right right it confused the defense uh it, it, or confused the offense uh if, if you can. So I, I'm Listen, okay with Borrego sitting Terry and Lamella. I'm going to piggyback off your comment. So this tweet comes from Doug Branson, who covers the Hornets. For those that turn turn the game off, Ish Smith has come into the game and turned it around on defense. Crazy what happens when a guard can keep someone in front of them. You get stops and you're not and you're constantly not in scramble mode. That's pretty much what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty- yeah, uh, and and let me. Uh, I want to be very clear for those who didn't hear it the first three times we said it. We're not picking on Lamelo Ball. We want to make that clear. It's just young player stuff that they have to learn in the professional game. He's gonna get it. Matter of fact, he already took the coach in that Borrego was coached to him, and he responded in that game. Right. It's gonna come, y'all. We're not picking. Like, and on like the guy. I said. We're trying to win games, trying not, to win not, games. not stroke egos. We, we can't uh, we can't coddle anybody. No, ex- exactly. And if if people think that we should be coddling Lamelo Ball, I'm going to completely 100 disagree with everyone. On but that. to your point, I think Lamelo appreciates the coaching. Of he course he does. Yeah, right. <laughs> of course he does. Um, I I think sometimes uh, if a player who is on that level is allowed to do too much, it hurts the team. It hurts the team. Man. Look at the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm not saying that. John Morant shouldn't uh, be is, in, held in high as high regard as he is, but they're doing fine without they're doing him. Fine without him, man. They're doing fine without him. You know, doing what he does. Right. Um. I don't. I, I don't want to see the team, or the Hornets, like that with Lamelo, where we're just fine without him. So here's something that I hate to bring up, but we're gonna have to bring up because it's such a hot topic. We're going back up one game to the Spurs game where Gordon Hayward, he gets his Steph Curry on and scores 41 points in three quarters. Doesn't even play the first, the fourth quarter. Fast forward to the Blazers game. Uh, what is he? Scores six points. Only took took eight shots. Right. Before I get into my summary of that, what, what do you think about that? Just give me your general thoughts on those two games combined for me. Um, with, for, for Gordon Hayward. Gord Hayward is what thirty one years old. Yeah. You know, you put out a performance like like he did against the Spurs right. at his age, you might not have it the same way the next night. 
And he did not have that same intensity and aggressiveness that he had against San Antonio. And Borrego sat him too. Yeah. Because he said, hey, you ain't got it tonight. Borrego said, I'm going to go with the best lineup that's going to, that we're going to try to win this game. Gordon Hayward averages the second most minutes per game on the team. Right. He is the oldest person on the team. You see how that doesn't really line up? Miles Bridges uh, averages the most at 36 minutes a game. Uh, <laughs> Gordon Hayward averages 34 minutes a game at age 31. Is it okay to talk about the injuries that he had last? Is that no, okay no, to bring no, it up? No, no, no. no. Is that an excuse? Can't talk about that. Okay, no. That's an excuse. Uh, and, and the oh. thing is, is that other <laughs> players in the league get rest days. Now I understand that the Hornets have not really had the luxury of rest days. Let me cut you off of, there, Kaiser. What the hell would this fan base say if Gordon Hayward has missed any games this season? No, yeah. Can, let, let, can we can we make that clear that Gordon Hayward has not missed a game this season? It, no, hello? No, we can't make that case because <laughs> apparently uh, because he makes the most money on the team. He's he, supposed to play every game. He, he's but, supposed to average 25 a game. He's averaging uh, 18-5 and 4. That's pretty much what he's been his entire career. Yeah. He's been that his entire yeah. career. It, so when people say, well, he's inconsistent, he's he's averaging <laughs> what he, his, what what he averages. So I, I guess it, the expectation should not be for Gordon Hayward to put up 41 points a game. But see, that's it, that's look, not that's not fair. But you but you know where we're at in this argument. Because somebody's gonna say he makes 30 million dollars a year. Gordon Hayward didn't pay himself, y'all. He did not. He he didn't go. He didn't walk into the Hornets' office with a, with a mask and a gun and say, "Pay me thirty million dollars a year." Plus, let, let's remember how we landed Gordon Hayward. He took a pay cut. One, he took a pay cut to come here. He was. Please, I'm yeah, glad you mentioned. Yeah, he was supposed to make thirty six million dollars with the Celtics last season. Right. He chose to take the player option, which surprised everyone in the league. Now the Hornets did want Gordon Hayward. But they wanted him this season, not last season. And also keep in mind, he also wanted to be with the Hornets way seven back years, yeah, seven years yeah, ago. Way back when he played for Utah. So the idea, the Hornets on their timeline were thinking, okay, Gordon Hayward would be a good complimentary piece. Um, we'll pick him up when he's a free agent. But he comes a free agent a year early. And, right. the, and here's the thing. So somebody else would have paid Gordon somebody Hayward thirty million dollars. So and then, so then so then we Absolutely. lose out on Gordon Hayward. And let's be fair, nobody. If anyone says they were expecting Miles Bridges to be as good as he is, you're a liar. You are a liar. You're There's lying. like three people in, in the Hornets group I know that that Ooh. honestly said, yeah, Miles Bridges is going to be that guy. So the Hornets weren't expecting the ascension of Miles Bridges. But you know what, guys? So that, so they picked up Gordon Hayward. Let me. I'm I'm gonna respectfully disagree with one thing. You know, even though we were not expecting Miles Bridges to be what he is now, I, I don't think we can still discredit what Gordon Hayward brings this team. Because right. li- listen, listen to this, man. Lamelo Ball is is obviously the primary playmaker. He's obviously the primary ball handler. But take Gordon Hayward away. Could you imagine what that offense looks like without Gordon Hayward? Because you know, like I know, even when the shots are not falling. Gordon Hayward can right. still make things happen offensively. Gordon Hayward, he's got to be aggressive, uh, like Chris said. We in all the chat. agree. Yeah. yeah, now that's said, something yeah. we all agree he said with. He's inconsistent. We all agree with that. And I 100 agree with that. He's got to 
take the shots. He's got to drive to the basket. He's got, I'm not saying the offense has to run through him, but I, I do think that he he knows his role. He's a veteran. Right. He knows his role in his team. And I think sometimes he acquiesces to, to Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball, Kelly Oubre too much. You know what? Rod, Rodney said something a few weeks ago that I totally agree with, man. When it comes to the fourth quarter, I still trust him more than anybody. Anybody. To, to have the ball at yeah. least. Too. That's why uh, I don't remember what game it was where he shot, you know, a mid-range shot that missed. Mm -hmm. that and everybody went crazy. Everyone went crazy. Him, yeah. I, there, who else on the team you want who taking else, that shot? Especially with everybody out. Yeah, there's nobody <laughs> else on the team I want taking that shot. So, yes, he needs to be more ag ag aggressive offensively. He's not a bad defender either. Right. No, he's not. But uh, just against the, the, the Trailblazers, he just did, he just didn't have it. And I think Borrego was like, okay, that's. And look, man, with, with that Blazers game, and I don't I don't want to pile on, but I got to call out Terry Rozier, man. He was flat out bad. I he mean, that's just not, what it is, dude. Was he was not good. He was one for ten offensively. He was very. He was even worse defensively. You know what I mean? Bottom line is he him and Hayward gotta be better they just do I, without those two playing well yeah. it's it's an uphill battle yeah i just um and, and look let me say this they're allowed to have bad games <laughs> i'm not throwing these guys away and wanting to trade them. but you know everybody can't have a bad game at the same time <laughs> but everybody can't have a bad game yeah. at the same time man so i, I, I that, said that's better. all that happened um you know against the the Trailblazers. Yeah. Everyone just picked the, the wrong time to have an off game. Uh, I was glad to see Ish Smith come in and hold it down. Miles Bridge, Bridges did his thing. You know, he, he gives 100% every time. Yeah. Even when he has a bad game, he's, he's, out game. he's out there hustling, hustling and doing stuff. He's going to guard his guy exactly. consistently. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I would have liked to have seen Book Night last or against the, the Blazers. And But I, I think. I think it just goes back to who Borrego could trust in that spot. Because think about this. Borrego called like – it feels like he called like five timeouts in a quarter. Remember that? Like he kept calling timeout. Right. I felt like he kept looking for something to, to spark them. And I think when he found that lineup, he just wasn't going to get off of that. You know what I mean? Because we had such an uphill battle to climb. He was just going with guys that he could trust at that point. You know that, what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah, I, I just feel like Book Knight played so well – um, and one thing you know about Book Knight, he he's gonna he's gonna play with energy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll say this. You know, at the beginning of the season, there was a lot of you know Rozier gonna get traded. Terry Rozier's not gonna get traded. He's not get traded. But Book Knight's the future. Yeah, at no, two no. guard for Charlotte. I mean, at some point they're gonna have to make a decision. They're gonna. Well, you know, Rozier is uh, he, you know he's just resigned his contract. But yeah, I think they're gonna have to. I, man, I, I hate saying this. I think Cody Morris is going to be the guy, the odd man out. Mm, I don't think you can do that. I don't think it's, gonna you be, it's a tough decision, though. Who, who, somebody got to go at some point. Jalen McDaniels. Uh, next. <laughs> I, you, you know, let me, let, me, let me rant about Jalen McDaniels real quick. Before you do, before you rant about Jalen McDaniels, I'm going to give him props for that Trailblazers game because he was one of the dudes. He was one of the guys. Yeah, he came and, I, and he I, played really good defense. There. I see why Borrego likes him. But go ahead with your No, rant. I mean, I'm just gonna, I, I know why Borrego likes him. He's 6'9". Yep. He can guard multiple positions. He can shoot. He can hit an open he, three. He can hit an open three. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> there's a butt coming. So, no, it's just like he has the Malik Monk 
Absolutely. Syndrome. Absolutely. Uh, yep. You have to be, he doesn't have good basketball awareness. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like 22 seconds in the shot clock. He'll just pull up and shoot a three. And it's like, dude, what, like, what are you doing? Right. Like, right. why are you doing that? And right. it'll be like, or he'll be on a fast break with like miles bridges streaking. And he takes to the basket, misses the layup, bro. What are you doing? Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. easy too. Like, so, you know, we, we make a lot of criticisms about Kelly Oubre shot selection because for better or for worse, when he makes up his mind, yeah, oh, he's going to shoot the damn ball. But, but, Ubre, he'll light you up for thirty something. You trust yeah. Ubre a lot right. more yeah. than you trust McDaniel's because McDaniel's just consistently hey, is just hey, has you know bad who, awareness. You know man. who Kelly Ubre reminds me of? Huh? Del Curry. Expound. Okay, so <laughs> when Del Curry was in Charlotte, what was his role? He should, to shoot the ball. You come off the bench and you, you shoot, shoot the, the ball, ball. and when it. you're on, you it, keep you, shooting. You just shoot. Re- remember how oh, like well, when well, well, Del Curry, he's he's definitely kept shooting. Lately. Oh yeah, Del Curry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, go ahead. <laughs> Dale in the gym. Dale is still shooting the ball. <laughs> um, uh, apparently, TMZ said he got her number. But anyway, uh, and you know, remember when Dale Curry used to get hot? Oh, it was crazy. Every man. Larry Johnson would just Don't Dale ball. shoot it. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Kelly Oubre is that same guy. When people see Kelly Oubre, when other players on the team see Kelly Oubre get hot, their eyes light up. Yeah. And, and Kelly Oubre is a better defender than Dale was, oh, even absolutely. though Dale was yeah, kind of yeah. lengthy, but he just wasn't known for his defense. Right. Kelly Oubre can defend as well. Um, and I, I like that's the kind of player Jalen McDaniels should strive to be. I, but I think the problem, maybe not a problem, but you know, when you're a guy like McDaniels and you have to fight for your playing time, that's you, a really good point. Yeah, man. he's like, okay, this especially is, with JT Thor on your ass now. Lord, yeah, I mean, yeah. You, when you looking behind your shoulder and you like, hmm, if, what's gonna happen if I miss this shot? You know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But uh, with that being said, he's just got to pick and choose his spots a lot better than he I does. would take Cody. Mar- I, I I signed Cody Martin, whatever number he wants, within reason. Yeah, right. Cody no Martin has. In another thing, Hornets fans, if y'all say you saw this come from Cody Martin, you are a liar. I'm calling y'all liars. I'm calling them out. Ain't no way. Because last season. Because y'all, 99% of this fan base wanted that dude traded. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it, man. And it's almost almost like when you hire a coach and you say, hey, we're going to focus on player development. And and then they actually develop. Develop. No, no. But, you know. Braille doesn't develop people. Yeah, yeah. Players develop on Play, their own, apparently. Their own, man. Uh, but yeah, Cody Martin leads the league <laughs> in three-point percentage. And it, I Who mean, saw that coming? Nobody. Come on. Nobody. It's to the point now where, like, at the beginning of the season, I'll be like, dang, Martin shooting threes. Now it's, now like, it's like, shoot it. Yeah. Oh, Martin, <laughs> hey, Martin open in the corner. <laughs> and he plays. But you, you know what's very underrated about Cody Martin? I cannot believe I'm saying this this season. His playmaking. Remember last season when he would have the ball, and you know, like I know, we'd be like, man, just I mean, get the yeah, ball. Don't pass it. Pass it, please. Pass it don't, to Lamelo. Don't make a decision. Yeah. I think the game has slowed down for him he so much. He's running the point. He's running the point what? now. Like, I mean, yeah. He's I, making good decisions with the ball. Him and Jalen McDaniels, he needs to talk to Jalen McDaniels about, hey, yeah, man, yeah, exactly. slow down. Let the, the game come to you, have man. a good problem that they have never had in maybe the last 20 years Depth, depth, right? They've got. We're at the point where, like, well, who do you keep and who do you resign? Either we, we've either, never spoken like never. this before. Uh, a lot of people think that we cannot keep Bridges in in Martin. That is not true. Uh, Mid level exception and Bird rights allows us to sign both of those with a very very small tax hit. Yeah. Uh, that so resigning either of those guys is is not a problem. Um, and I think yeah, you resign Cody Martin. You, it's you, important. Yeah, you it's got important. he's he's a glue guy. 
Uh, Brother Vince made the comparison to Tony Allen, which was met with mixed reviews. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. Maybe if you're talking the Boston version of Tony Allen, he hasn't he hasn't ascended to the the Memphis version of, to, of Tony Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, go ahead. No, that was. I, I, this is what I said about the comparison to Tony Allen. Tony Allen was an elite defender. Cody Martin is a very good defender. He ain't Tony. He ain't Tony Allen. Yeah, but defender. but it took Cody. It took Tony Allen seven seasons to b- get before there. he was I, considered elite. Now, offensively, ain't no comparison. He's he's much better offensive player yeah. than Tony Allen was, man. But to your point, we you know we're talking about somebody. He's when what year three? So we right, yeah yeah you know we don't know if he's gonna get there now. But just judging off total career package, Tony Allen was a. I mean, look, even the the late great Kobe Brown was like, man, I had problems with Tony Allen. You know what I mean? So maybe Cody Martin will get to that point one day. It remains to be seen. Uh, by the way, I just want to real quick on Miles Bridges, who may make an All Star game this year. Maybe, maybe. it's going to be close. Yeah, uh, he's averaging nineteen four and seven. The last number thirteen pick to make an All Star game was Mookie Blaylock. Oh wow, you sound like Eric Collins with these stats, bro. You know, that's, that what I, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> So that was a long. I know some of our people are like, who the hell who is Mookie, Mookie Blaylock? Blaylock hey? Yeah, kids, um, he was a pretty good basketball. player. Really good player for the Atlanta Hawks back in the day. Yeah. Um, that would be awesome if Miles makes All Star team. So, so the next wow. time you see us, we will have play Phoenix tonight at eight p.m. <sighs> Utah Monday. That's a rough back to back. God bless Denver, and then Denver on Thursday. God. Hey, bro, zero and three. I told look before the show came on. I told you. I don't really have a, a real reason why, but I just somehow feel we're going to beat the Suns tonight. I think tomorrow mm. is – I know, I know, I know. We never play good in Utah. I mean, like, never. These are all <laughs> nightmare matchups. It's it's like the worst road trip. Each of those teams have elite big men, elite centers. We have nothing – I mean, not that – look. Nikola Jokic does that to everybody, but that's we true. really don't, we don't have, have – Yeah, yeah, that, that's a loss. Rudy Gobert loves playing the Hornets. Loves – I he, I know he has his game circled on his calendar. Listen, man, I don't have a real stat in front of me, man, but I, Rudy Gobert probably averages like eight blocks a game. When oh, he yeah, yeah, stuff. he loves it. And then DeAndre Ayton is going to – he's going to eat. He's out. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's mm, out. Okay, he's all out. right. We, we, we get Jamal, a break. Jamal's prediction might not be too far Devin off. Devin Booker's then. still out too, man, so – Ooh, okay, so we got old Chris Paul – Again, we got Chris Paul against the Mellow Ball. That's now to be. I mean, look, they're still playing lights out. Let's not get it twisted. They got, guys, oh, yeah. they got guys out, man. But they are still, still. They're a good enough team to where they could beat the Hornets. And without. breaking news: Cody Martin is out for tonight's game because of COVID safety and protocols. Thank you, Rodney, for breaking that news to us. That's a loss. Um, now that changes my prediction. Hey, okay, hold on. <laughs> Let, I'm going to switch gears real quick. Then. Um, should the NBA be doing something? Yeah, because yeah, they should. And look, I think we're we're kind of in denial. I don't want to get too deep into that discussion, but I mean, okay, so it's it's different than it was. And Devin Booker's back tonight, so there goes that. Oh, okay, way. yeah, we lost. That's on three. No, okay. Um, <laughs> I know it's different than it was during the beginning of the pandemic, where the NBA took essentially four months off. Yeah, people are vaccinated now and getting covid is not as big of a deal if you are vaccinated right, because right. you're not going to get as sick right 
uh, and the health and health and safety protocols are just to, precautionary, right? Basically, exactly right. to help prevent the spread. But man, it seems to be affecting a lot of a lot of teams. I mean, it, I mean, it, it feels like. I mean, just kind of not maybe out the blue, like just back to back to back. Everybody, it's it feels like it started with the Bulls and Hornets. It feels like yeah. it started there, and like it just kind of snowballed to a lot of teams around the league, man. So I, I mean, yeah, hey. uh, I want, I just, I don't know. I, I'm wondering if they see the NBA doesn't want to take a step backwards. You can't go back to the bubble. I don't think you can't go back That's to the killer. Yeah, you can't go back to not having fans in the arena. Perlar brings up an interesting question. Maybe shut down for a couple of weeks. Maybe. Yeah, I know. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And plus, it's not fair to some, you know, if you got five players out of a protocol, you got to play. But if you got eight, right. you know, then, right, then we're right, going right, to postpone right. your game. Right. I, it's like, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, it's, uh, it's, it's just, a tough spot to be in, man. And um, it's weird that the, the NBA is really the only major sport professional sports league that seems to be affected by it. Now the NFL said, got hit pretty hard though. I, NFL had like 30 something players. Okay. Now yeah. considering the number of players there are in the NFL, that's kind of a small number, but you just don't hear about, and maybe it's because NFL rosters are much, much yeah, bigger. Yeah. Yeah. 53 versus 13. Um. Okay. Yeah. So Horn's going to lose all the games next week. Yeah. That's a shame. But next Monday, get back game. They play the Houston Rockets. We, we got to get them. You got to beat you, the Houston Rockets. Listen, the first game back, you got to vaporize you gotta, you gotta them dudes. Them. Yeah, it, listen, that's get back. Ain't, yeah. ain't no way. You, there's. I'm sorry. We're too good of a team to go on to against Houston. Yeah. I want to be fair. We, we always want to be fair. We always want to be objective. Houston has actually strung together. They actually strung together like a little winning streak. They, they beat some good teams. They beat some good teams. I don't care. We're too good of a team to lose to Houston yeah. twice. I'm sorry. Get uh, yeah. them back. Exactly. You gotta <laughs> and then and then Indiana, who we really we need to beat them again. Yep. Uh and then Phoenix, but then after that, Washington and Detroit before Milwaukee twice. It gets the, the, the schedule is getting it's softened up a little so, bit. So I mean, here's the thing. The Hornets are only three games back uh from Miami in the, the division league. Mm-hmm. They're doing this with players out due to COVID. And the third, still the third hardest schedule in the league, or third hardest schedule in the league, um, as far as strength of schedule goes. I mean, I think when the schedule, so this is how you condition a team. Listen, I'm gonna tell you something, man. So when we had all those guys out, we had like half the damn team out. That was kind of a blessing in disguise because we got to see what, yes, those guys can do. And it, I mean, they were ready. They were ready. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. To your point. Schedule is softening up. We're getting guys back. Knock on wood, they all stay healthy and we stay consistent. We could go on a roll. There's there's a stretch in January, right before the uh, the middle of the month, where we play Orlando, New York, Boston, Oklahoma City, Atlanta, Toronto, and Indiana. All very winnable games. You can win. They could win every one of those. Ga- they won't. But I mean, right, right, right. all of those games are completely very winnable. Completely winnable. And look, and and look. If you're a team that is striving to make the playoffs, those are the games you gotta win. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta like to. Boston snuck one away from us. We gotta win that. Yeah. Uh, you they, know. They, we owe them some get back. Exactly. <laughs> you gotta beat New York, who's by the way, famous Los said Kimba had his Hornets jersey on under his Knicks jersey last <laughs> night. 
Props to Kimba Walker. Shout out to Kimba Walker. I hate the man. way they're treating you in, in your home city, bro. Listen, man. Look, look. We don't, we don't even have to go into how much of a Kimba Walker fan. I'm going to always have respect for that dude, man. It is, I, we, we're always going to root for him. Maybe not Absolutely. against us, but we're always going to root for Kimba, man. So yep. shout out to him, bro. Shout out to him. Yeah, All man. right. Uh, one more talk topic we want to talk about before. Uh, we have a culture topic this week? Yeah. Absolutely. Man, it's been a while. So... <laughs> Something uh, cool coming to Charlotte, maybe, depending on where you stand on this. Right. Um, there's going to be another black-owned brewery. Because we had in one. Charlotte. Well, Weathered Souls. Yeah. Uh, but this one, though, and here's here's the sting of it. I already know where you're going with this. Go, go ahead and say you're it. You're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. There is, the, the people who own it. Are not from Charlotte. Not from Charlotte. They're based in Atlanta. They're based in Atlanta. Yep. Let me start this one. Go this ahead. One, Go we ahead. Had, we had the same thought, bro. Let me can I, let me explain something to y'all. Me and Kaiser didn't discuss this in length before. Oh, the by the way, hold on. Three Spirits was the was the one. Was that the closed. first one. Uh, the Weather first Souls one. has not opened yet. So, yeah, okay. it was Go the first ahead. one. I thought about this, man. I said, look, man. I'm always, and this is no shade to the people who are going to own this brewery. I want to be very clear about that. Anytime a black person can own a business in Charlotte, I don't care where they're from. Go support them, okay? Yes. But when I saw that they were from Atlanta, here's the first thing I thought, Kaiser. Why couldn't we go support Three Spirits first? Why did that? Everyone's going to go to this one, too. Everybody's going to go to this one. Because they're going to, man, I went to this joint in Atlanta, and it's in Charlotte now. That's, I feel you. Dude, we're on the same wavelength. Now, Clarence Boston is the owner. Maybe, maybe we can get him on the show one day. Um, I actually he, want to collaborate on the event yeah, with him. I he, got an idea that I'm not going to share yet. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> uh, he did say that, you know, he, he's lived in Charlotte. He lived in No Doubt. Uh, he actually has owned businesses in Charlotte. Uh, he's owned bars here before. And he did say that, you know, he missed Charlotte and he wanted to come back, and which is cool. I, I, I like that. There's someone from, especially yeah. from a rival city like Atlanta, is like, you know, Charlotte's a really good thing. Right. Uh, and, and come back here, which, it, and breweries are interesting. Full disclosure, I don't even like breweries. Mm-hmm. They're just not my thing. Not, you're right. Right. Uh, and and there's always been this uh, narrative that the brewery culture is mostly, um, it's just, it's a, it's a white mm-hmm. thing. It's just not, not a lot of room for people of color in the brewery culture. And I'm glad that this is kind of changing or attempting to change that. But I, I will say this though. Is this sustainable? Because brewery culture is not is, is not something that, that Here, black people do. Here's my controversial statement for today. I believe that will be sustainable. I don't know what it is about charlatans, but when somebody else from another town comes and opens up a business, we are we are on it like like flies on crap. Yeah, that's true. And to another twist to that brewery is that they're actually going to serve food, and that's going to really yes. help. Gourmet you know burgers, I mean? and I love a good hamburger. Right. So, and he did say uh, in an interview that they they really actually want the place to be accessible or feel accessible to people who don't drink beer. Right, 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 um, right. And so, so that's a good thing. It's just it it's going to be uh, marketed as a brewer, like brewery, which but, I mean it you, is. You but. know what? And and look, I don't know this for sure. I want to be very clear. I, I, we haven't talked to these people yet. We don't know the business plan behind it. But here's what I kind of think will happen because just from prior, just just from being from this city and knowing how people work in this city, there's going to come a time where they're going to start doing the club thing. Well, here's what I mean by that. It's not going to be like a club club. 
but they're going to start doing events. Mm-hmm. Hey, Saturday is this day. Hey, come out Friday. It's this day. Hey, Monday is this day. They're going to have to add like an added element. So it doesn't, so it doesn't make it look like just straight up brewery. And that, and for people of color, I don't know why we work this way. <laughs> I don't know why, but we just not going to go to just a brewery just to hang out. We got to be, we, we yeah. yeah. I I'm don't, sorry you know, to say that, but I have the only breweries I've been to, uh, a, a good friend of ours, Scott Blackwood at a brewery, in Belmont. Now Scott Blackwood's like family to me. Yeah, yeah. So I went to his brewery. Yeah. But otherwise, I'm not just being like, what am I gonna do tonight? I'm gonna go to the brewery. Right. Like if I wanna go drink a beer, I'm gonna go to a bar. To, or or you know, uh, C- Captain Obvious statement, they're gonna have to give people reasons beside the actual product to come exactly. to the yes, right. exactly, you know I mean? exactly. Which you know, breweries, brewery culture is all about beer culture. Yeah. And I just don't think that's and brown like, people were just we're for whatever reason, we don't Beer, beer culture is just not a part no, of our culture. I, I it's drink, not. I want to drink liquor. You know, if you open a, a Hennessy, <laughs> a Hennessy bar, I'm there. <laughs> Crown Royal bags uh, at the front door. I mean, that's that's me. Uh, I don't want to drink just IPAs or stouts. Uh, yeah, let's, let's about to open a bullet a bullet bourbon bar. <laughs> right, I'm there, yeah, bro. Like, sign me up any day. But I, I, I hope this is successful. Um, with the, with all that being said, yeah, I really, I really, support, I please. really do. I want. Just even if just nothing else, we have a good hamburger spot. Yeah, in in Charlotte, and they yeah. better be really good. No, no BS on these burgers. No, no, no. Hey man, you gotta come correct on the exactly. Don't be putting like parsley on my burger. Yeah, I want no, a burger, a real burger. Exactly. I, I don't want no special sauce on no burger. Yeah, none right? of that. Like, nah, bro. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what he's talking about though. Um, congrats to Clarence Boss. No, man, but we, I, I, I absolutely. With all that being said, I, I think it'll be a very successful. It is a no die though, which is kind of like. But yeah. you know what? But, he, but you know what? Me and you know this from being OG Charlotteans. No die originally was one of the most inclusive areas in Charlotte. Yes. No die had something for everybody. Yes. Over the years, it's kind of went away from that with mm-hmm. gentrification and development, and all that, and so forth and so on. Things might be circling back around. That's true, and, and that may be the first key in that. You well, know it, what I mean? it used to, it you know, after it stopped being the hood, it was like the <laughs> artist district, right, right? And I think it's moved away from that, and now yeah. it could be like a business entertainment kind of district, which is not bad for. And, but but. I, I'm also talking about the demographics. Like anybody right. came to Noda. I mean, you had yeah, all true, walks, yeah. of, you had uh, all yeah. walks of life come to Noda, and look, like I'm. Again, I think it may be town I, to circle. I that think back so. Around, I think man. part of the reason was that these Noda used to have Noda used to have these spots like the Mellow Mushroom, where they were just like cool hangout right. spots. Right. They weren't like marketed as like I, I can't remember the name of the restaurant that replaced the Mellow Mushroom, but it's like I don't want to eat there. Yeah, it's like I want to go. That's a lot of places. Yeah, I want to go to a place like Solstice <laughs> right. in Noda, which was I which really, I, I really miss Solstice. Yeah, <laughs> it's like those are the kind of the mill. I want to go to those kind of right. bars in Noda. Right. I don't want your Solstice was my spot, man. Yeah, that was a, a good spot. Yeah, man. That damn black and chicken wrap was yeah. amazing. Anyway, I'm fat. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Shout outs. Shout outs, man. Once again, shout out to Rodney once again, man. Congratulations on that Masters, bro. Um, He's been working real, like, super hard. For those of y'all who've been wondering where Rodney's been at the last couple of weeks, man, just know that that dude has been working his ass off, man, and it's I'm I'm glad he he, he got it. That is the only college shit I will accept. (laughs) Getting your master's get a, get degree. Get a degree. That, that's that's some yeah. good college shit. Matt Rule college shit. We don't, no. Nah, we don't. Like. 
Um, unfortunately, man, rest in peace, uh, Leonard Hubbard. Leonard Hubbard from the Roots, from aka the Roots, known yeah. as Hub. He was the basis he was for the, the basis, Roots, yes. uh, or at least for their their studio albums, their first four studio yeah, yeah, albums. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, that's. But anybody who has you know followed the Roots for years, anybody who knows what OK Player is, man. You know how big of a of a key he was with the roots, man. So that's a big loss, man. Also, another RP, unfortunately, to Kango Kid. Kango Kid. Yep. Yeah, Roxanne Roxanne for the for the for the youngers who don't know, man. But another hip hop pioneer that we lost, man. So uh, rest in peace to him, man. Um He's only fifty five. Nah, God, man. Ugh, black people, black men, take care of yourselves. Yeah. And I'm looking in the mirror when I say that. <laughs> Um, as I as I think about ordering a black and chicken wrap, the, as I'm thinking about the junk food I'm gonna eat tonight, but yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, man, continue shout outs to everybody in the chat, man. Prolosh, uh, Sherrod, uh, Danny's in there somewhere talking crap. Uh, Chris, I man, y'all know who y'all are, man. All, all the continue supporters. Exactly. Man. Oh, by the way, look for another watch party next month. We don't have a date nailed just yet, but it's coming. So yes, yeah. Um, I'm gonna give. A shout at uh, Formula One racing. I know a lot of you guys out there don't follow Formula One, although it's it's picked up a little bit of popularity in the United States. And in the past in the show, I've always shouted out Lewis Hamilton because he's my favorite driver. I think he's the greatest Formula One driver ever. Um, a lot of people feel like Michael Schumacher is, but the fact that you have uh, a black person, someone who I, I know he's biracial, but a lot of people throw that in there. Hey man, you biracial, you black. Yeah, exactly. He identifies <laughs> as a black dude. Um, you know, it was a chance for him to win his eighth um, championship. I won't get into the details of how he lost a race that he was leading by 11 seconds, but it was some sports shenanigans. You know, that, that's, that's a good way. To yeah, put F1 it. wanted to. They saw that he was clearly running away with this race and an opportunity arose for them to make it a dramatic final lap showdown between him and and his uh, rival this season, the Dutch driver, Max Verstappen, Max Verstappen ended up winning in a very, very controversial sense. And it just, it, in defeat, he was so gracious. Him and his father, who, it's funny, we give LeVar Ball a lot of credit for what he's done. Mm-hmm. But we look at a guy like Lewis Hamilton's dad, who has two sons that are drivers. He has a disabled son that actually is a race car driver as well. Yeah. And Lewis Hamilton's father worked two jobs, took a second mortgage on their home. Because to, because getting in the racing is very very expensive. expensive. <laughs> and it's just it's it's not really that accessible for people of color, especially in, in the UK. So, you know, him and his father went and congratulated Real Team cool. Red Bull, Max Verstappen and his dad, you know, to uh, you know, gracious in defeat in a in a in a race that they're in a championship that that they should have have won, but it left the icky taste in my mouth because it just lets me know that sports is all a show. Right. right you know, what right. what's gonna get the ratings? Right. Lewis Hamilton winning his eight championship by eleven seconds in a close, hot contested season. That's not ratings. <laughs> Netflix don't want to show that, and, and, and you, you don't want that kind of stuff to filter into sports, man. Like let right. let sports be sports. Let sports be let sports. It play out the way it's. But I to. think you know if the NFL and the NBA, they would have done the same, same thing. thing. We saw the NBA with the bubble kind of did the same thing. Hello, in inviting teams to the bubble who Hello. weren't going to make the playoffs but had 
like Zion Williamson and the Pelicans were not going to make the playoffs, but they got invited come, to the come bubble. On come Wild on, horns man. Home. Yeah, let, let, exactly. We ain't going to get started. So, on um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, a sad weekend for sports for me because none of my teams won. No, Shit. none of mine either. Well, either. the Hornets beat the Spurs. That's that's about all I had. That's about week. it. UConn, yeah. UConn lost. Uh, Florida State. That's my shout at. Damn it! I got another shout at. <laughs> what? Let me hold on. Let me look in the camera when I say this. Number one, first and foremost, congratulations to Deion Sanders and Jackson State on getting the. Yeah. I, I forget the kid's name. I think uh, Travis. Travis uh, Hunter? Jackson. Hunter. Hunter. Travis Hunter. Something. Whatever. Congratulations to Deion Sanders on landing that recruit. There are, and I hate to say this, but there's a a, a segment of the fan base of Florida State who is hating Deion Sanders for taking away the recruit. And I hate to say this, but there's a very racial element to that. Oh, yeah. Let me first and foremost stick my middle finger up at those people. Y'all shut the hell up. Point the damn finger at this inept, incompetent administration at Florida State who can't keep a damn recruit to save their life, who have been in the who has been mired in mediocrity and incompetence for the last eight years. How dare y'all be mad at Deion Sanders? Be mad at Mike Norvell. Be mad at the Florida State administration. Do not be mad for this guy for doing his damn job. Be mad at Florida State. We have sucked for the last eight years going on nine. Stop it right now. Shout at Florida State. I, you, There's no team I root for that grates my nerves more than the Florida State <laughs> Seminoles. And I'll keep it at that. Thank you for listening. Enough said. Hey, y'all have a good, y'all have a good uh, day. Have a great Christmas. It'll be <laughs> Damn, it's Christmas, Christmas next week. Uh, next week. Wow, um, y'all please be safe if you're out there shopping. Um, just be nice to each other. I know it's crazy out there. Yeah, just, man. Just, just have be a good, nice. Yeah, have a good holiday. Eat. Love your family, love all each that. other. All so, that. um, hey man, yeah, hug your grandma, hug your mama. All yes, that stuff, please man. do. So, y'all have a good one. Love y'all. Peace out, y'all. Next week.